0: Welcome to Let's Talk Parish. Let's Talk Parish will be an opportunity to learn about some of the people that call the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament in Sacramento, California, home. My name is Chris and I'll be the host for today's episode. Thanks for listening and let's get started. Hey Patrick, how you doing today? Good. Welcome to Let's Talk Parish. Nice to be here yeah, 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 it's a beautiful day, a little chilly, but it's a beautiful day outside And we just got done celebrating Mass So we're in a pretty good space, I think mm-hmm. um, And uh, before we get uh, going here, let's go ahead and ask the Lord to bless our time together And okay. I, I, uh, I either won or lost the coin toss on this one I really want to look at it um, And so I will, I'll ask the Lord to bless our time so in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for our friendship. We thank you for our bond in your Son, Christ. We thank you for this time that we have to share together. And we ask that you bless our time and send your Spirit to us to guide our thoughts and our words that they would be edifying to all who hear them. We pray for all of our listeners that you bless them in all their uh, strivings to please you and uh, be formed by your Son. And we ask this in the name of your Son, united with you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So... Tell me about yourself. Actually, let me ask you a first question. Were you uh, were you a cradle Catholic? Were you mm-hmm. uh, were you? Yes. He, and did you grow up here in Sacramento?
1: For the most part, I wasn't born here, but well, Where were you born? In Munich, Germany. Oh, how old were you when you came to the United States? 20 months old, and so it was came so to Sacramento. Came back to Sacramento cuz that's where my both my parents were from.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Um
1: but you were you were you
0: baptized in Munich? Or did yes. You, so, oh, you were eighteen
1: days after I was born. I was baptized on base, on base, on the army base in Munich.
0: So, what was it like growing up when you were, you know, because of course you don't remember Munich. You've been in Sacramento for our, whatever you can remember, right? Yeah. So, what was it like growing up in your family
1: as a Catholic child? Um. That's a good question. Sometimes I ask myself that same question. <laughs> was your fam did your family go to mass uh, regularly or were they We happened my dad uh strategically bought a home right next to St. John Vianney Parish hmm. school. Mm-hmm. All we had to do was walk out our back gate and there you are, and we were on school grounds. Oh, that makes it nice that way you can just if you wake up late you can still
0: make it to class
1: yes <laughs> it also means you can come home for lunch you can come oh nice which now, was probably the best benefit was your so, did your mom work or was she at home for you when you she came? was home the whole so the whole she would time. make lunch
0: for you and, Mm-hmm. Well, how nice that was nice that is nice so um you were if you were born in munich does that mean you're
1: Mom or dad were in the military? They both were civil servants working on the Army base.
0: Oh, I see, as civilians. As
1: civilians. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. But that's what moved you around a
0: little bit then.
1: No, that was the only movement we really did. I
0: mean... Well, how did your parents end up in Munich?
1: They met at City College. Sacramento City. Here in Sacramento. Sacramento City College, it was country girl meets city boy. Uh-huh. My dad grew up in Curtis Park, my mom grew up in Orangevale, very different. And but they met at City College. And I guess sounds like my dad wanted to get married even though he when they initially met my dad told her he was going to enter the seminary. Oh no kidding. Mhm. Wow. And so uh Apparently, she let her guard down.
0: <laughs>
1: no, she, uh, <clears throat> but I, when he was uh, having his physical, or he his physical for, to enter the seminary, they found out he had tuberculosis. Oh. So that kind of changed plans there. He ended up spending a couple years up in Weimar, because at that time there was no cure. Mm-hmm.
0: There was like a sanitarium up there.
1: Yeah. hmm And so he got shipped off to Weimar, and I think my mom went off, went to Japan because she was t- teaching, and she wanted to travel, and she was going to school to be a teacher. hmm And so she went to Japan. My dad went to Weimar. Then a couple of years later, my mother came back, and I guess they... They met again, and by then, my dad had decided not to go into the seminary um, but in the meantime, my mom had graduated from college and now wanted to go to Germany to teach oh, I see, but I,
0: I guess your dad was also not i don't know if you can get cured of t b but he was at least
1: yeah healthy, they call it arrested or something like that, yeah, yeah, dormant or whatever yeah yeah um. So he he was cured, or he was okay. Yeah. And um, so my mother went ahead and went to Germany, and then my dad followed her there. I see. Okay. And he got a job, a civil service job, too, because he had a degree in accounting. Mm. And so he was able to get a civil service job, too, and I guess... Uh, my mom thought, well, if he's going to chase me all the way across the ocean, <laughs> the big pond, then I guess maybe he means it. So they, married, so they they got, got married. so they got married there in, in Germany. Germany.
0: Wow. wow! Wow! How interesting! So you come back to Sacramento, and after, and you're twenty months old.
1: Yeah, twenty months old. My older brother's thirty-two months old, so he's two and a half. I'm one and a half, yeah. roughly. And my younger sisters, like two or three months old. Oh my God! So three of us were born, and it, I was the second. Oh my God! And they, all three of you were born in
0: Germany. Yes. Wow. Um, so when you come back to the United States, and, and your and your and your dad gets this property that's right adjacent to St. John Vianney
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Parish, did you guys attend uh, masses on a regular basis? Or yes. W- so
1: you did. You did. Yes. We we attended school there, grammar school. We started. Uh, I think my first grade class was the first first grade class because mm-hmm. my brother went to first grade at the uh, public school um, prior to moving there, and then I went to first grade at St. John Vianney, and he was in second grade. So I believe ours, my, was the first first grade. Mm-hmm. So we were the I was the first group to go all eight years through Saint John Vianney. Oh wow. Elementary, you know yeah, yeah. parochial school.
0: Yeah. Did you then go to a Catholic high school? Yes. Which one? Jesuit. Jesuit High School? Mm-hmm. In 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 Pharaoh. so I'm not familiar where Saint John Vianney Parish is located in Sac in Sacramento. Do you know area. where
1: Cordova High School is? Yes. That's right.
0: Pretty Close to there. Okay. Which is not close to Jesuit High School. No. So how did you get there? Well,
1: if there were a bridge, it'd be really close. (laughs) If there were a bridge, if. (laughs) if, Which there is a bike bridge now. Back then, it wasn't there. How did you get there? We carpooled. Uh, Did you carpool? Went around to Watt Avenue. Uh Uh-huh. How fun. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Do you remember any um, family devotionals that you might have done? Did you guys, like, as a family... One a common one, right, is praying
1: the rosary as a family. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do that? Yes. Or, mm-hmm? We would uh, kneel down around my um, parents' bed mm-hmm. at night, and we would attempt to say the rosary. <laughs> it was pretty difficult when you've got a passel of kids. Yeah, sure. The ball you know between zero and probably seven or eight. But it's a, but, it's. I think it's important to make that attempt anyway. It was, you know,
0: it's, it's important. It's, it's formative,
1: and it was formative. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I remember, uh, not to uh, diverge too much, but when my mother was in a coma before when she passed mm. uh, back in 2010, mm-hmm. we were in the hospital together around her bed, praying the rosary. Oh my! So. Uh, and I reminded the, my my siblings, I said, do you remember when we used to do this, you know, when we were kids? Wow.
0: Did they remember? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: But unfortunately, uh, most of them have strayed away from the church. uh uh-huh. uh-huh. uh Well, like I did also, but have come back.
0: Oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I um, figured you would. Well, yeah, because that's, you know, that's, that's important. So many of us find ourselves adrift at some point in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then what I find most interesting is what flips and brings us back. Because usually something happens, usually, you know. But before we get there, um, so all through Jesuit, I mean, I'm, your family, I guess, is still... Now, did you, let me just ask, did your brother, brother and sister also go to Jesuit high school? Well, my
1: sister didn't because it's all boys. Oh, it's boys. all boys. But did she go to? <clears throat> she went to Loretto for Loretto, like one year. For one year. My older brother and I went to Jesuit. Mm-hmm. And, and then the rest of my sisters, seven of us total, so.
0: Oh, there were seven kids. Yes. So, so the three of you that were born in Germany. And then we right, had four, then four more. Four more were born here in Sacramento. Big family. Bigger mm-hmm. than I thought.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, no kidding. She had a passel of kids. And so, uh I think, other than my uh, the oldest girl going to Loretta the one year, I think she they all the rest her the rest of her high school and the rest of the girls ended up going to Cordova high school so Okay. public school
0: public school hey I'm going to take a pause right here, and the door to the kitchen's open, and I can hear some kitchen noise, and so I'm going to close that door I'll be right back okay, and now I'm back. <laughs> so um when you graduated from high school did you plan on going to college?
1: You know that wasn't some, that wasn't something that was uh foremost on my mind. Hmm. I kind of I ended up going to American River College, so junior college. Okay. Just out of nothing really better to do. It wasn't oh, really? like I didn't really I wasn't Part of the group that were really gung-ho. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to be. I know what I want to study. Right. I didn't Didn't have that. I had a girlfriend, and she goes... uh, And, of course, we weren't able to go to school together. Uh, She went to public school. I went to Jesuit. Mm -hmm. And when... It came time to graduate. We were in the same class, so when it came time to graduate, she was going to go to American River, and she goes, well, why don't you go to American River? And now we can go to, We can go to school together. Yeah, there you go. And it's like, okay, okay. okay. So <laughs> it wasn't <clears throat> something that – it was more of like a default. It was like I had nothing really pressing or something uh, Did you have else a jo- to do. Did you have a job at that I point? I had a part-time job. Part-time yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh at that time I think I was working McDonald's hamburgers. <laughs> but back well, in those days that it, was
0: a big, you know, big deal. And of course for a for a young person growing up, that was probably a good first entry type job.
1: Oh yeah. You know? In school. fact it was difficult to get a job yeah. back then at McDonald's. There weren't too many of them around there town and like they, were, they are now. No. No, it's very it's different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
0: so I guess then when you were at American Rivers, when you, did you just start thinking, hey, I want to continue my education and pursue this, that, or the other thing? How did that transpire? Because I know you went on to Chico State at some point.
1: hmm I, uh, well, I think after our first year, we bro- my girlfriend and I broke up. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed me to kind of be a little more independent and focus a little bit more on me, I guess, okay. is one way of looking at it. And uh, and by then I'd gotten kind of in the groove of going to school, and I had a year under my belt. So now it's like, well, what do I do? Do I keep going and try to finish up a degree? or? And so I just decided, you know, with that uh, that would be a good next step, is to transfer to a four-year college and finish up a degree.
0: Did you know what you wanted a
1: degree in? You know, I when I started at AR, I, I was going to major in criminal justice. Okay. And then after the first year, I started to have... Doubts about that. Oh. Uh-huh. So I went through, you go to your counselor, and they give you this interest test. Sure. And it said that my interest aligned with a merchant marine or a math science teacher. Oh, my gosh. So I had to ask my counselor, what's a merchant marine? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so she told me, and uh, I go, oh, okay. Well, I, somehow I just don't see that. I know what a math science teacher is. Right. I've been in school now for how many years? So you've had a couple. Years. You've had a couple of them. I've had a couple of them. So I could relate to that. So I said, well, maybe I should, you know. And I liked math. Uh huh. I was good at math. I, I, uh, it came easy to me. So I. I said, well, maybe I'll change my major to be a math teacher. And then I liked athletics. I liked, I played football in high school. And so I thought, well, I can maybe coach, be a math teacher and a coach. And a coach. Because I've seen one of those before. Why not? <clears throat> and so and my mother was a teacher, right? So it was like, well, maybe it's in my blood kind of thing. Sure. Uh, part of my DNA. And so... <clears throat> Hello, Father, how are you? so i ch- so I decided to
0: that for those of you that just heard that brief interruption that was Father Michael Kiernan, who did not know we were recording, and he popped in to say hello because he 's a very friendly priest, um, very cordial, but uh, was a little bit embarrassed when he saw we were actually recording so that 's what that was all about <laughs>
1: now back to our story <laughs> so uh anyway, where was I um so I decided I'm going to change my degree to math and go into teaching, and so I started looking at, you know, I didn't really want to transfer to Sac State. I kind of felt like I needed to fly the nest a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, know?
0: you were still living at home at that I was point. still
1: living at home, uh-huh. yeah. I kind of felt like I needed to stretch my wings a little bit, and so... I started looking around, and I had some friends who were going to Chico from high school, from Jesuit, who had gone to Chico, and they and I uh, talked to them and said I was looking for a school to go to, and so they invited me up to for a weekend to check it out, and uh, I thought it was really neat, and so eventually I decided to go ahead and transfer to Chico State. Plus, Chico, if you... I'm sure you know, um, used to be called Chico Normal School. Mm-hmm. It was a teacher school. It was a teacher school. And so I thought, well, that's even appropriate there.
0: Absolutely. You know, what's, uh, what's ironic is, you know, when we first started talking about our lives, finding out the commonalities, mm-hmm. you know, because you went to Chico State at the same time I went to Chico State. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that my mom was a teacher. Was she? Yeah. So I think it's, it's part of my makeup also. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Sierra College for two years, right, mm-hmm. and I went to Chico State because of a friend who was a year ahead of me went to Chico State um, so we have a lot of lot of similarities there, although we never met at Chico State, and I'm not Mm-mm. surprised because there were so many students and mm-hmm. it's not it's not unusual right. but it, it is kind of funny to think that we were there at the same time at the same time at yeah. the same time now right. when, when you when you went off to college. Um, did you maintain a relationship with your faith? Did you go to mass? I did in Chico.
1: Mm-hmm. I did. I went to the Newman Center. Newman Center. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and then I ended up going to uh, an Ash Wednesday mass. So it wasn't a holy day of obligation, right? Uh, but my my roommate, one of my roommates. Was practicing, still practicing, also, mm-hmm. uh, and the. I, sh- I guess I should say all three of my. There were four of us that rented an apartment my first year. All four of us had gone to Jesuit High School. Oh my gosh! So, uh, they when they found out I I was going to transfer to chico they were in the process of, of transferring out of the dorms into these uh, new apartments that had just been built on oh, fifth street uh-huh. Fifth street manor it was called now it's called the zoo but <clears throat> <laughs> so they were looking for a fourth person so we so they asked me if i wanted a room with them i said sure so so, the, our apartment was all Jesuit alumni. wow. In, in this four bedroom apartment. Were they all still practicing the faith? No. Uh, well, one of them wasn't even Catholic. He was like uh, Episcopalian. Okay. The other one, I'm not sure, sh- you know, I'm not sure of one of the other one of the ones whether he was even. He must have been Catholic, but he wasn't practicing. Okay. I don't think he was practicing. Maybe he went to Mass with us once or twice, but I can't recall. And then one then the fourth one he uh was his family was Catholic, and he was still practicing. and so we would go to mass normally on on weekends, and then this one Ash Wednesday, we went to the Newman's well, we went, always went to the Newman Center because it was only a few blocks from where we lived. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't like the sermon that the, that the priest happened to give oh, really? that day. Uh, because he was giving us a hard time about going out and having a beer,
0: we'll talk about Chico
1: State sometime. <laughs> and uh, uh, but so I took that opportunity, you know, to get mad at the church. I guess you could say. And so I said, "Well, you know, I I, st- I just stopped going to. You just I stopped start, going. I stopped going. You know,
0: it's funny. We don't realize the." What it, what it would take to actually get someone to stop going. It's a little thing, right? Yeah. But it was a big thing at the same time.
1: It Yeah. You know, and it changed your life. Maybe I was just looking for something to blame. Yeah, maybe. You know,
0: who knows? Who knows? Sometimes we do that, don't we? We want to we yeah. justify our decision, and we just have to wait for something in order to do that. Mm-hmm. No,
1: that could be. Maybe. Plus, I was... Uh, you know, I had, I was the first to leave the nest. You know, my older brother was still stayed home. Oh, really? They went to Sac State. Mm-hmm. So I I moved out, and so it was kind of a new big world out there, mm-hmm. and and uh, so my mind uh, was starting to expand, and and I guess. Maybe I wanted to explore and see what else there was out there. You know, that, I think that's something that when you grow up uh, as a cradle Catholic, that's one of the risks is you never, do you ever say yes to the Lord and to God? You sort of grow up with it. You just kind of grow up with it. It's just part of life. And so um, I think that it's... Not not necessarily normal, but it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, uh, but I think it's common. Common is probably, I it's think common that, that call you never have that, especially. yeah, you never feel that calling, you never answer that call, it's just been kind of given handed to you, so right. you never hear that call and answer it, so right. to speak.
0: Right, you know, I, I remember growing up believing a certain way, and being somewhat sheltered and then going to college and finding out oh there's other beliefs there's other Mm -hmm. maybe you know and so it's like I'm going to check it out right Right? yeah I think that's really really common and and um, and not necessarily a bad thing either you know uh, and in your case and in my case you know we both came back to the faith so so you're going through school, and did you? So you finished at Chico State. Now I, I I went I transferred back to Sac State. No, I so did I. See, there we go. <laughs> so you did. Okay, I,
1: I ended up. Trying, I didn't finish at, at Chico. I transferred back to. Did you? Like one year to go. I had one year
0: to go. Same yeah. same experience. Um, did you remain a, a math science teacher uh, track? Or did you?
1: Yes, I did. In fact, I even uh, did uh, uh, some of my student teaching. Oh, did you? Mm Mm-hmm. I did the, there was three phases of student teaching. I did the first two phases. The first two. I think
0: the third stage is actually in classroom. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I was in, in stage two, I was in a classroom, but only, it was only one class. In stage three, it's like you're on? In three, you take on like three or four. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Did you decide that wasn't your cup of tea or what happened?
1: I liked it. I mean, the. I remember one day asking my master teacher, I go, now, how much does a teacher make here in City College? Because I was teaching at Sutter Middle School. Okay. And she goes, well, right now the starting teachers are $9,900 a year.
0: Now, what year was that? because that makes a big difference. 1980. 1980, right? Cuz nowadays I'd be like that's poverty wages. Mm-hmm. Which they probably still make poverty wages, but it's more than 9,000 a year. But mm-hmm. in 1980, 9,000 a year was decent for an entry level type job. Yeah. Um, but at Sutter Middle School you weren't making 9,000 a year. I mean, it what that uh, wasn't if you were to, you know, You'd make more money at City College than you would be at Sutter Middle School. Right? Yeah. Or no. Was that your city? City College?
1: No, I I was um at the time I had a I was working part time at SMUD, kinda like an internship.
0: Oh, at the same time you were going through your student teaching? Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: okay. And so <clears throat> I was working with people who were maybe had like a two year degree. As opposed to a four degree, and they were making like double that. Oh my gosh! And I was like, look, I was kind of comparing that to what the teachers, the responsibility of a teacher, and I'd my master teacher made me sit down and do some uh, parent-teacher conferences. Just mm-hmm. so, so see I what that was like. See what that was like. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just thought. I looked at the two jobs and go, how can these guys with very little responsibility in their what they're doing? They're doing like drafting type stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And compared to having to deal with pe- with parents and kids and and middle school, you're dealing you're dealing
0: with those teenage years of
1: transition, mm-hmm. which is a very difficult time for kids. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of that too. You know how I would have to deal with that because. I had a good class, and but I had missed a week because I was sick. And so my master teacher said, I want you to take my not-so-good class. <laughs> because she goes, you've been spoiled by having the oh, class dear. that you have. And you need to be exposed to what it's like to not have right. good class. So she made me take her not-so-good class. <laughs> Man, that was uh, interesting. That was an eye
0: opener, I'll bet.
1: An eye opener, yeah. I mean, just right off the bat, one of the uh, older kids in the class who was bigger than most of them. The rest of them, you know, yeah, he almost. He like tried. He played. Tried to play. Call my bluff by not doing what I was telling him to sit down and shut up. And right. he Instead of sitting down, he started like walking towards me. <laughs> Oh <laughs> I'm my like, gosh! Yeah, and I'm like, oh really? You want to go around? And you can't as an adult. You, you can't. can't. Touch, you can't touch them. No. And so, um, but I mean that at that wasn't really the final straw. I think the final straw was when it came time to to go on to phase three. My For some reason, I think maybe I'd been in school so long or something that my my student loan didn't come through or maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't meet the – I think maybe I uh, didn't meet the unit requirement the semester before or something. I don't know. There was something that – so my financial assistance started to kind of fall apart right about the time i was supposed to start phase 3 i mean i was already lined up to go to rio americano high school and do my phase 3 student teaching mm-hmm. um and then and my you know my parents couldn't really help out too much cuz i was one of the oldest mm-hmm. and so you know we still had four kids or five at kids at home right <laughs> right right and by then i think my mom had gone back to work and was teaching again kind of help make, make ends meet sure. so I knew there wasn't really anything there to help me out so I was kind of on my own which right. was okay I mean I accepted that and I was trying to do it and so then um, I got a, a job offer at SMUD full time in that same department where I was working kind of like an internship mm-hmm. as a student mm-hmm. and making like starting out at like 15000 a year. Which is better than nine. Which is better than nine. But, but I mean, and not was, that that, not that, I don't think that was an over, that wasn't, blind, the, that wasn't the major the, factor. But just, but I was starting to get tired of having to live off 3000 a year. <laughs> and, you know, and, and just, just not having any money. I mean, yeah, you've been there, yeah. I don't know. I've I mean, been there, yeah. You, when you're a student, after you've been in, going to school, College for a while, you're like, man, I'm getting tired of this.
0: Oh, you know, you mentioned that. So when I transferred from Chico State back to Sac State, many of my units didn't transfer. Oh, really? So I attacked on another semester. Yeah. And I was hoping to become like a biology teacher. And after five years of college, I ended up going five years of college just to get my BA. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to go anymore. I'm done. I don't want to go another two, three years to get my teaching credentials, so I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I had a part-time job, became a full-time job, and I'm like, hasta la vista. Mm-hmm. I'm out, you know? Yeah, and it started and right. went into the work world.
1: Yeah, it's like, I mean, how many years have I, by the time... 1980. I graduated high school 74, so 1980 when I was doing my student teaching, that's six years already. Six years. And I still had another semester of student teaching and I was running out of money and and I got a job offer. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: I graduated in 79. <clears throat> I'm like, yeah. I want to start getting going here. Yeah. Um. But at this point in time, you're not practicing your faith at this point. No. Not at all. Um... Mm-hmm. And then you stayed at SMUD for how many years? I mean, you started at SMUD, and then you retired from SMUD. Yes. I know a lot of people, like myself, we went through many, many jobs over our working lifespan. And nowadays, for people to stay in one company for their entire employment, it's very rare. Yeah. Mm What kept you at SMUD?
1: Well, when you look at all the different jobs I had at SMUD, I think it's hard to do these kinds of jobs at one company too, but I was able to, you know, I worked at Rancho Seco as as a nuclear power plant operator, and then when Rancho Seco shut down, I was able to land a job downtown as a grid operator, dispatcher, power system operator, and then ended up as uh, an energy trading in energy trading. So oh my gosh! Where can you do that in one company? Well, maybe PG&E. Yeah, but maybe. But but <laughs> yeah,
0: you're right. No, you're right. So in a sense, even though you had one employer, you had many different jobs under one employer. Many different jobs, right? Yeah. Well, that's hand makes uh, it interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was fortunate there. So
0: your girlfriend broke. You and your girlfriend broke up. You were still going to American River. Mm-hmm. Did you find? Another girlfriend down the road at some point while you were in college or after college, or
1: um, I I did have another girlfriend uh, later, but I was single for a couple of years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and which was probably good for me.
0: I think it's good for everybody to be single
1: for a while. <laughs> and That's my personal opinion. <laughs> and so, but then when I came back from Chico to to Sacramento To Sac State I did end up Meeting a Gal that we dated For a couple of years Mm-hmm
0: But nothing serious It was just A couple of years Then you broke up again Yeah Yeah
1: I um, think we were We were engaged For a little while But Oh really Yeah It didn't work out Yeah It yeah. didn't work out That's, You
0: know it's, That happens That happens Um So we're going to transition a little bit because part of, and we've talked about this, what we're envisioning is doing this one-on-one with you, and then we'll do a one-on-one with Amy, your wife, and then we'll do a third one with the two of you together. So I don't want to travel too far down the road, um, but I do want to, um, while we have this little moment here, talk a little bit about... um, what you're doing right now in uh, in the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament. What, So what is the predominant mass that you attend? Uh, we have an 8 o'clock, a 10 o'clock, and a 4 p.m. Which one do you usually normally attend? At the 8 o'clock. The 8 o'clock one? Mm-hmm. And because um, people want to know. I mean, so who's Patrick McCormick and where can I meet this guy, right? <laughs> He's at yeah. the 8 o'clock mass on Sundays. <laughs> 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 Um, it's interesting because I know that at some point God brought you in to be a catechist for the Rite of uh, of Catholic Initiation for Adults.
1: Christian RCIA. RCIA, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Um, Christian Initiation, yeah. And having that teacher background, a catechist, although we're not technically teachers, we do a lot of the function of a teacher mm-hmm. in handing down the faith to a new generation or to a new group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? Ha- did, uh, did have you found that your your training in teaching has um, assisted you? And you facilitate a session uh, for RCA? I
1: think it does. I think it does. Uh, my background in teaching and just in uh, education as a whole mm-hmm. does uh, did help me, or does help me.
0: How long you How long have you been doing? How long have you been a catechist?
1: Let's see, can you remember? We got married in two thousand eight, and that's pretty much when Sister asked us to join the team. So since two thousand eight, since so that's around like 2008. 14, 14 years.
0: That's a long time being a catechist. I think I, I know Sister Jenny asked me, gosh, when was it? It was right out. I, so I entered the church in 2007, and I think it was, and that was like Easter, so it'd be the spring. And in that summer, Sister Jenny asked me if I'd get my certificate. So we both entered the whole realm of RCIA about the same
1: time. Um 2000 did you say 2007? Yeah, the was
0: summer of 2007 and you came yeah. in in 2008. So that's roughly the same amount of time.
1: Well, into on to team, but I we had remember we came in and we were like sitting in on your class in 2006 like, maybe. So 2006 was when I was going through our CIA. And that's when And that's when you guys sat in. We sat in. Okay, uh, and we became sp- uh sponsors. Amy and I were sponsors.
0: You know, it's really you know, that's another connection that we have. It's, it's kind of fun to find those parallels where we intersected, didn't know each other, mm-hmm. but we still intersected in some, in some um, I would say, spiritual way, you know, mystical mm-hmm. way, um, which I find very fun. It's very fun and exciting for me to see those connections. But back to your life a little bit. Um, we took a little little break from there. So you're working for SMUD, right? Mm-hmm. And you're single. Um, and at some point, you find and you meet someone that you think you might want to get married to. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And... And, and so, and I says so for those of you who aren't privy, we took a pause where I asked Patrick if it was okay to talk about this, and he said yes, it is, because we're going to talk about. So his current marriage is his second one. We're going to talk a little bit about his first one. So, how did you guys meet? Your first wife? How did you meet your first wife?
1: Actually, my brother met her first. Oh. Uh, he met her While they were boating on the river American river? Sacramento, Sacramento river. river And at that time My brother and I were living together In Folsom mm-hmm. And She called And I answered the phone And started talking to her um. And apparently, my brother had already set me up and said, "Oh, you got to meet my my brother because, you know, he, you two are perfect for each other." Oh my gosh! Something like that. Uh huh. So, because he already had a girlfriend. All right. Um. So he wasn't interested. And so. And you were single. I was single. And so we started dating. Uh huh. Mm hmm. And and
0: and you're still not a practicing Catholic at this point. Correct. And so did, and she didn't have any religious affiliation. I'm guessing, or did she?
1: She did, but she, it was more of a Protestant okay. background. Was she very serious? Uh, no, not really. I think Methodist or something, but she wasn't serious.
0: Okay, and um. And then eventually, you
1: guys got married? Yeah. Um, uh, we did get married after a short um, period. Mm-hmm. Of, of dating? Of dating, like after two months.
0: And a short engagement then, too.
1: Yeah. Two months. That's pretty quick. Yeah, that was really quick. And apparently, that I wouldn't recommend that.
0: The people that I know... That have gotten married um, after less than a year of knowing each other have tended not to fare well. That's not to say that it can't. And I've heard, I've seen, I've 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 read stories of people that you know they meet and they know instantly that they're going to get married, and within a month or two they're married, and they've been married for you know sixty years.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: But I think that's the exception to the rule. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so do you remember how old you were at the time? It
1: was 1988, so I was born in 56. So I I think I was just about to celebrate my 32nd birthday.
0: 32nd birthday, yeah. So after a couple of months of, of dating, you now find yourself in
1: a marriage. Right
0: in here in Sacramento. Or were you yeah, did
1: we went to the courthouse and got married. Got married. Well, I eloped mm-hmm. with
0: my in Reno. Okay. Um so I get it. Uh did you were you did you find a place in Folsom because that's where you were living with your brother? Or did you where did you end up living?
1: Um we ended up li- uh, living in her house which was in the uh, Natomas area.
0: In the Natomas area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, And how long were you married?
1: Well It's uh, That's a good question
0: How long were you together? I'll rephrase that Because I You know I understand People can be married For a longer period of time Than they actually are together Right? Because you might separate And stay married For
1: a while yeah we there were we had it was kind of an on on again off again marriage and um the the last time the final off was mm-hmm. nineteen ninety seven so from nineteen eighty eight to ninety seven so about eight and a half nine years
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm in looking back um from the heights of perspective that we have as we get older, especially the perspective of having uh, a sacramental marriage. Looking back, do you do you think that it would have been different had you and she both been like practicing Catholics, or was just there's just there was just too much that it was just destined to to not work.
1: I guess there's a possibility that it might might have worked out. Um but there was there was a lot there to deal with. Yeah. In our relationship.
0: I get it. You know, it's um having had personally a failed marriage and being unsuccessful in having interpersonal relationships myself I always in am in amazement and awe of people that stay together. I think it's really hard. I think it's really, really hard um, and I can only guess because I didn't have the uh the graces that come through a sacramental marriage. I didn't have really the support of a um, sacramental lifestyle uh and it could have been different for me but i didn't have that so i i just i just know how hard it is especially i think nowadays what are, what's of what the what's the average people are married these days something like what 5 years
1: oh is it not
0: 10 years maybe max yeah it's not very long people it's very hard
1: it's very difficult or a lot of them just aren't even getting married i know and a lot even aren't getting married looking at some statistics they say that um The divorce rate has dropped, and that's because people aren't getting married anymore.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? That's one
1: of the statistics that uh, Steve Patton, I used to sit on some of his classes doing the video conferencing, and Mm. he would give some of those statistics.
0: You know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised, especially as our culture tends to become more estranged from being faith-based. There's no, I mean, it becomes more of a, just a cultural thing that people go through. And it's like, well, why even be married? What's the point, you know?
1: Well, I know, like, my son, he's engaged right now. but And he's, when he goes through the list of tax credits and tax benefits from not being married, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is... Um, pretty amazing you how much money you can make if you don't make much money mm, i know get back from the government i mean if, if you don't get married if you don't get married and so one person files and and gets earned income credit up to $18,000 or something like that wow uh, 18,000 1800 no it's like 18,000 oh my gosh and yeah he says if you make eighteen thousand dollars in your job, say at whatever Starbucks or McDonald's, mm-hmm. you can get another eighteen thousand dollars in and earned income credit, and like basically make thirty six thousand dollars. Wow! And then if you have a couple of kids, you get now the tax child tax credit, thirty six hundred dollars. Yeah. So, of course, everybody gets that. But he says you, you can make so much money just it, and and then you get your free health care too because you qualify for what is it, uh, Medicaid, you qualify for Medicaid okay, because you're right. such a low income, so then you get free health care, and you don't have any out-of-pocket. <laughs> so he just goes through this list, and he's like, look what look what I lose, Dad, if I get married. I lose all these benefits. Oh,
0: financial benefits. Or any, my yeah.
1: fiancé does. Wow. So,
0: <clears throat> yeah. Makes you step back and think. You know, I, kn- I, I remember when I was working in the— realm of people with disabilities and they were getting SSI as an income. Mm-hmm. If you get married, you don't get both people's income it doesn't stay the same. Mm-mm. It
1: gets reduced. Gets reduced. gets right.
0: reduced. So the incentive is
1: to not get married. To not get married. There you go. Another incentive. It's just
0: that, and and so it's it's funny when um we you know we hear politicians talk about being in support of family values, and yet so many decisions are made that are antithetical to family. Mm-hmm. It makes you just like, you know, what's going on? And right? how do
1: you respond to that as a dad? You know, how do you respond, especially as a Catholic dad? You know, practicing their faith. It's like I think when he after he explained all this to me, I looked at him and said, "Well, that's not very romantic, is it?" <laughs> I mean, because I know that in the sacrament of marriage, the the graces flow from the fact that you're committing to the to each other. Absolutely, in the marriage, Absolutely. that's where the grace comes from. It's that commitment, and so until you make that commitment, you're, you're outside of that grace. You're outside of that grace. You're out there. All, you know, and all you have alone. to. And yeah,
0: and the decision is what's more important: the financial benefits or spiritual benefits mm-hmm. and it can be a difficult decision it really can be you know and then and it's not right that you have to make that decision
1: it isn't right it right. isn't
0: right you know right. and um and and it's hard and everyone's got to find their own way and you know we'd like to think that well you yeah, have the spiritual decision of course that's the spiritual benefits of course we're going to decide for that but that's not a for foreco- uh, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion for people Mm-mm. right um, and, and and nowadays, you know, things are getting more and more difficult financially and housing and inflation is just getting ra- starting to ramp up a little bit and mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough.
1: I know so, my for my daughter, I told her when we were discussing you know yeah. the topic of marriage, I said the sum of the parts is not greater than the whole.
0: The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. The whole
1: is greater. Than the sum of the parts, right? That's what I meant. The whole is greater. So in other words, it's not just that there's two people there. It's that now those two have become one, and that is where, like I said, the graces come from. Right. And and, and
0: St. Paul teaches us in Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians. I was talking about it last night, actually, Um, that it's also an image of the church, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Right? The the husband and
0: wife coming together is an image of the church because you've got Christ the bridegroom and the church is the bride coming together for is one flesh. It's kind of cool stuff and it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's deeper than people sometimes take it for, mm-hmm. you know. So, um did you and so the the marriage finally comes to an end in 97? 97, 97, 97, uh-huh. okay. And and how long were you single after that before you met
1: Amy? Well, I met Amy in 97 at night class. Um, but then I was na- not able to continue in the night class because going through the divorce oh, mm-hmm. uh, created some issues. And so I... But eventually, I the following year, so in '98, I was able to start taking the night classes again. And so I ran back into Amy. She was still taking night classes. Oh no and kidding! She's like, "So what happened to you? Where'd you go? Where'd you go?" Um, but the re but we both worked at Smud. I didn't. We didn't work together. I didn't know her at Smud. I'm sure we probably passed in the hallway. From, at times. But you didn't know each other. But we didn't know each other. Um, And so, and that's how, when we introduced ourselves in the class, they asked you, you know, where do you work? And so, we were the only two people who worked at SMUD, and so, during the break, uh, she came up to me and said, hi, I introduced herself, and I work at SMUD too. And so, that's how we got to know each other, but we didn't, but there was a period there like I said where we kind of lost track of each other Mm -hmm. for about a year Mm -hmm. and then uh, we ended up meeting up again and basically just friends at first Yeah. so that starts a new chapter
0: in both of your lives Mm -hmm. and which I think that we need to now catch up with Amy and bring that up to speed before we talk about the two of you together and I'd like to have both of you present for that so um we'll kind of draw that to a to a close and um from your childhood perspective from looking back into your childhood I know that for me I'm beginning to remember a lot more of when I was growing up but is there anything that you'd like to share um you know in in, in when you were thinking about recording this episode was there anything specifically that you wanted to share that maybe we didn't touch on?
1: I can't think of anything. Okay, that's fine. Right offhand. No, that's
0: fine. That's fine. Um, So we'll we'll pick this back up. We'll find a time, and hopefully we'll be talking with Amy before too long so we can get some continuity here um, and uh, get to know you guys a little bit better because we've never done it this way before. It's either been an individual or it's been the couple together. I've never done it where... I talk to each partner separately and then together, so that's going to be fun. I think for me that's fun. You know, you gotta make well, life's gotta be fun, or, oh, what, yeah, or why do it, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, thanks for spending this time. We've been chatting for about an hour. Close um, by quick, and um, I look forward to the ongoing saga of the McCormick family. <laughs> and um, hopefully that won't be too far from the future. So let's go ahead and close with uh, saying the Our Father together, praying the Our Father together. And would you mind starting it for us? Sure. Okay.
1: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Our Father who, who art, art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy, thy name. name. Thy kingdom come, thy, thy will, will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
0: Amen. In the, name of the Father and Son, and the Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again, Patrick. I can't think of a better way to spend an afternoon than to talking with you, and um. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. All right. God bless. Let's Talk Parish is co-produced by Rex Sri Lanka, Titi Kila, and Chris Jensen. Our theme music is Live and Be Happy by Valentina Kribenova. You can listen to Let's Talk Parish by going to the Cathedral website at cathedralsacramento.org or by searching on your favorite podcast app. Wherever you find us, please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. A special thanks goes to the Rector of the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament, Father Michael O'Reilly. If you wish to donate to the Cathedral, please visit our website at cathedralsacramento.org. There you will find a button labeled Donate. I'm Chris Jensen, and I have had the pleasure of being your host for this episode Thank you for listening, and until we meet again,
1: may God be with us all.